We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Hi! Hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, it is October, October 2021, and that means we're going to be going over a variety of topics involving horror. Something we've been doing for a good number of years now. I, I don't even want to expect. We should just call it a fright fest these days. <laughs> I feel like there's a TM there, so I don't want to cross mm, over. No, I don't think so. Okay, we can just say fright fest and yeah. not get sued. <gasps> yeah. Sorry, I thought I saw a lawyer pop in my room. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are going to talk about all things related to horror in these special bonus episodes, which are always really fun to do. We've done these multiple years now. We always have a good mm-hmm. set of guests with us. So speaking of which, before I get to what we're actually going to be going over, joining us now from Joe Blow. I said his name's five times at my action figures to get him to be here. It's Jimmy O. Aaron. 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 Hi. How are you? Good. Hi, Jimmy. Hi. Also joining us from the Brandon hey. Peters show. From the Brandon Peters show in Wise the Blue. He's not just a podcast. He's the whole damn hive. It's Brandon Peters. The standing summer movie box office gamble champion. Where I looked, <laughs> where I looked at everybody and said, "Be my victim." Booyakasha! <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Good, good. I'm happy to talk about. Hey, welcome, day, man. welcome, champ. Yeah, hey, thank you, Abe. Yeah, the champ has returned. Uh, but yes, glad to have you go here. And uh, yeah, we've, as we've hinted at, and as you can probably read on your whatever you're listening to this on, you know that what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to say it anyway, we're talking about Candyman. Uh, we're going to talk about all of the Candyman films, Candyman, Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, Candyman, Day of the Dead, and of course, Candyman. So yeah, that's the plan here. <laughs> and that is going to follow a pattern for these horror episodes this, uh, this month. We're going to be talking about a, a number of different horror ser- series, franchises, uh, you know, other times we've done various genre-related themes, subgenres, or you know, other common things between them. But this year, we decided let's take four different horror franchises and talk about every entry within them. So, just so you guys know, right now, so you can plan ahead if you plan to, you know, listen along or what have you, and do some, do some, you know, I don't want to say homework, but do some watching on your own. Uh, obviously, we're talking Candyman right now. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to talk about the Omen franchise. Mm-hmm. The week after that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thinking out loud <laughs> when these will come out in which order. The week after that, we'll have our final destination episode with a special mm-hmm. guest. And the week mm-hmm. after that will be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, and the final week won't be a franchise, but it will be one of our it will be our month's commentary track. And that this month we'll be talking Halloween 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. so that'll be a week Ooh. after Halloween Kills comes out. So we'll at least have the yeah. new mm-hmm. movie in mind as we talk about the previous film. Uh, it's almost as if we, Halloween and Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there is a through line through three of these. They do kind of call it Rob make. Zombies yeah. Halloween, though. They like, do. I, yeah. I remember that in the ads, even too. They're like Rob Zombies Halloween. Well, you know, yeah. dig through the ditches. Still Halloween, though. No. Yeah. Hey, did you ask me something? No, I was just uh, making a Rob Zombie joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, if if you think I, of, a, if you think it, of a better one, uh, say it out loud, then slam it in the back of your Dracula. Yeah, I got it, got it. In my fangula. Yeah. No. <laughs> Never going to stop, Abe. Never going to stop. Mm-mm. So, yeah, if, if you do plan to follow along, those are all the franchises we're going to be talking about. So between, so between this and all of those, you have, let's see, you have, let me do the math. Uh-huh. One. <laughs> I'm waiting. Because I think I have a number two. 22 movies to watch? Yeah, I was going to be like, do this count as 22 episodes? 
<laughs> 22 Jesus. mini episodes. We're talking about a lot of movies here. Packaged within five episodes. This is a free. This is a free show. Yeah. Next year we'll do enough Wait, franchises to make it 31. Jesus, there are five. Like, five. Yeah, it's like there are five. The remake, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do we five. have to watch the remake. Never seen That's it. The I've, best I've, one to watch. I pride myself on is, never saying that. This is the perfect opportunity to see it, then, Jimmy. <laughs> if, I own it. But I've never watched. If you like the prom night remake. If you like uh, the nope. Poltergeist remake, you're going to love the Omen I, remake. I did not hate the Poltergeist remake. But, but you're not going to like the Omen remake. I'll just, spoiler. No. Who's, who's the, I'm not uh, going to like Who's the it. dad lead in the Poltergeist remake? Sam Rockwell. Ah, Sam Rockwell. You do get the driver in like, the Omen. Yeah. yeah. None who's of the, the, who's the dad in the... I mean, if you want to like just say actors in these remakes, you're not going to find a bad person in there. That's it's just true. the movies themselves no. are bad. Yeah, like, like Idris well, Elba's in the Prom Night remake. I mean, <laughs> Stringer Bell. Yeah, yeah. Like that doesn't make him bad. It's just you no, know, it's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the dad in the remake of uh, Poltergeist? Or I'm sorry, of uh, uh, Pet Cemetery? Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like Jason Clark. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I, I like. I like Pet Cemetery. I like the part where like he looks when, when he looks at the kit. When he looks at the at the at the cat and he's like, "Give me back my son!" And where's Bin Laden? And it's like, why is he yelling so loud? And one thing. You waterboarded the cat. Don't shoot the apes. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when John Lithgow looks over, like, oh. we've just crashed two movie universes. Together I'm John and Connor and the Terminator. Two things. Things we're not talking about on this week's episode, which is of course what not at all Candyman. So let's get back to Candyman. <laughs> oh right, horror, horror. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. Sweets to the sweet guys. I'm Ooh. thinking out loud about how I'm going to have to edit out myself yelling that into the microphone. Just how now. dare you? You did that <laughs> in there. Don't cut it. I love yeah. it. I didn't say Made cut it. I, no, I, I meant edit, like sound, like lower it. Lower no, the, lower no, the sound. No, oh, it, gotcha. Crank that to 11. Double it, make it louder. Yeah. No. You, bur- you, <laughs> you burn you those that. ears out. Listeners have never complained about the sound quality when it comes to volume. No. Sometimes it's, a little, it's too low, if anything. So if anything, yeah, we'll make it, we'll make it loud. It's that sweet voice of Aaron's. That's what keeps it low. <laughs> yeah. Candyman, Candyman, exactly. Candyman, Five Barker. Well, let's talk. So before we, get, before we get to specifically Candyman, let's talk about the Candyman as as a whole uh, for for a bit here. Candyman, okay. yes, obviously it originated with 1992, based off a of Clive mm-hmm. Clive Barker novel, uh, the the Forbidden. Uh, but uh, looking at this series, I I would doubt anyone would say like this series is their defining horror series, despite having a obviously a great first entry. But do you like mm-hmm. Jimmy? You you like you told me you just watched the third one for the first time. The series as a whole that you've now seen, like how Oof. do you feel about it? Uh it's 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 two and two. Um I I, I think there were look the with the first three, I, I when you have someone like Tony Todd, uh I think he he has created a great, really great villain. Uh, well an interesting villain because He's not necessarily a villain uh, in a way, and it's a. I I like it. I like the lore. I love the fact that you know that you ask almost anyone, "Hey, say Candyman five times in the mirror." They know what you're talking about. I think that's really cool. I I don't even with a not so great one one that's really bad. Uh, I I I think it's an interesting uh, franchise, and I think it with a, an amazing start. An amazing start, which and a pretty solid finish, if I can say that. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get there. 
yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, that it's not the it, it, you know it's obviously it doesn't have the, uh, the 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 high profile as Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, but that's a solid. It's it's pretty decent. Thank you, Tony Todd. You're welcome. That was Tony Todd. <laughs> I heard. You're yeah. welcome. Uh, oh yeah. Sign yeah, my no, Candyland. Yeah. Tony Todd yeah. gift. Um, hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Candyman has, has been around my life for a while because I am the descendant of uh, you know him, but um, no, uh, my sister. Hey, hey Robitaille is your maiden name. <laughs> don't say it out loud. Uh, but, Take a couple uh, before going to bed. You'll feel yeah. Good. I don't want him to find me. Um, yeah. But he's been around in my life because my sisters were older. They went to UCLA, so they had these movie posters from the Bruin Theater that they would bring back home, and I was like, "What is this Candyman thing?" And I'm really scared of it. I've never seen the movie, so I was much late, much older, much later. Um, and the franchise in itself is, it's good. It's got a really strong, like, core lore, which is something that they repeat over and over and over again in all the movies, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic, because sometimes you forget about that. You kind of lose sight of, uh, like, a Michael Myers, and it's like, oh, he's supernatural now, or you lose sight of, like, a Freddy Krueger. It's like, oh, he was killed in a, a fire or something like that. But with all that being said, like, yes, there's some entries that are stronger than others, what I really like about it just mostly is how simple the premise is. I mean, the Clive Barker short story is like a really short story for sure, but yeah. it's just that it's a simple enough thing where like to Jimmy's point, uh, I'm never going to say Bloody Mary in a mirror, but I'm probably never going to say Candyman in a mirror either. And it's <laughs> the introduction of Candyman and the introduction of like this type of, I like, guess, horror genre where it kind of actually has like, some social commentary throughout it. I mean, horror always has. We've talked about this in, in past uh, iterations of the Halloween uh, episodes as well. But like, I actually really appreciate what they're trying to do here with, oh, this is a specific horror element to this specific type of neighborhood. And then let's make it deeper. Let, let's add layers to it. And yeah, sometimes it works out, sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you guys as far. I mean, it it's fairly obvious, I think, as far as, you know, more more like, you know, you can debate the Friday movies, for example, as far as which entries you like the most and why, which ones you appreciate and what it is that separates them where Candyman feels pretty, pretty, pretty obvious. Like I'd be really interested to hear the ones that are like day of the deads where it was at its peak, but I, you know, I don't think that's going to be very, very high for a lot of people, but (laughs) in a general sense, Abe, you're getting at it. Like as far as the, it occupies an interesting space in the horror genre because it's, it's this thing that yes, obviously has you know a lot of social commentary attached to it just by nature of having a black man as the center central horror, you know, villain, so to speak. But at the same time, it's like, and we've talked about this before, but it's like it's a slasher movie, it's a ghost movie, like it has a number, even a haunted house movie to an extent, if you want to call it Cabrini Green, like the nature of it. Like there's a lot of different ideas going on that they've tried urban to capitalize. Legends. Yeah, urban legends, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like there's a lot of different areas that they've tried to cover. Uh, within you, you know using using Daniel Robitaille using the Candyman as its center and I, I, I find that be, to be pretty interesting um, and of course you know looking at like this first film and then looking at this new film the idea that the themes can be relatively the same is both sad but also fascinating as far as how do you keep the story going well you just keep looking at society and thankfully society hasn't moved along very far so there you go you got no, they have not. Uh, but Brandon how about you where are you with Candyman uh, I, I I think there's only one real skip it in the whole thing. Um, mm. the, the first one's obviously, I think the problem, 
first one yeah right that's we, a, that's the skip yeah. at one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most people just don't watch it and oh, then they're like that's, <laughs> well, oh, I, I think okay. i think we're farewell to the flesh the second one gets a bad rap is the first one so damn good mm-hmm. and it i hate to use i i'm gonna use it but uh i guess people would throw it in that elevated horror type thing where it's just this high it stands above so many other horror movies and when the sequel is just a solid b-level blood picture uh with candy man lore which i think tony todd's fine in it i think the, the film's enjoyable mm. enough i remember it being a big disappointment around the time but going back to it yeah, like years later and stuff i'm like well it wasn't that bad it was okay it's you the know, kind of thing where like the first one ebert liked and he's not the person that really likes these types of things yeah. and then he looks at the second one and it's like i think it's a zero or a one, one star <laughs> he like hated right it. and <laughs> so then like... i mean but if he wants a zero and one star he gets it with day of the dead but day of the dead you could you have to throw onto it which now it's you know times past people find it on a streaming service what the hell is this it was a direct-to-video movie like in the <laughs> early like 2000s like there's no money there like none it shows and, and yeah it, you yeah. can tell yeah and and so yeah and, and candy man wasn't even at pinhead's level at that time with it so i mean he's getting even less money and uh, there's the the one that came out right now was pretty sweet um yeah. it had money i don't yeah. i don't get the idea of where when i'm you know doing research and stuff like it uh negates the two sequels i'm like did it where, where i don't did they yeah, clearly I don't... say that those didn't happen like mm-hmm. uh, farewell the flesh could damn well have still like it, it's not like out loud addressing like saying like this was the plot of those two movies by the way but it, yeah it's mm-hmm. not it, it's not denying that there's a existence of other things because yeah i mean robotized he's not in it <laughs> like in the, in the so it's like yeah right yeah he's around still he's doing yeah, he's like doing his can, own thing, and then we're talking about this other guy. I know the third one's a big embarrassment, but we can still acknowledge it happened. Like, it's wait, not wait, like wait, I... wait, 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 wait a second. That's the best one. If Are anything, if anything, because the third one technically takes place in 2020, that's True. why that's why Tony Todd's not in the new one because he was busy in in Los Angeles right. dealing with other shit. <laughs> well, that Yaya, makes sense. Well, Yaya and Fiona Paris are doing their thing. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, wait, he's, he's, he's busy right now. Let's t- let's focus on this yeah. guy, Sherman. Let's, let's focus on him. Yeah, I do know that. I don't know if you want to talk about them now, but there's some through lines through all these. Yeah, that we'll get there. I, but yeah, yeah, it. we'll talk that. I think we're pretty neat when watching them back to back to. Yeah, I, I similarly uh, to Jimmy, I hadn't seen the third one until this week either. So it was neat to be like, oh, okay. Ever. So there is like, yeah, ever. So there is like yeah, a continuity same. here beyond the, you know, beyond having Tony Todd in them. It's like, oh no, there's like, yeah. A, if you know what it reminded me of, of all things, the Darkman sequels. Like, okay. like where dark man is obviously its own thing and then the second one's like yeah it's a continuation but it's its own it's you know it's much lower budget and everything and then the third yeah. one the third there one there is no budget exactly it was $20. Yeah, the story begins with the second yeah one, the, the third one's a direct the third one feels like a direct sequel to the second one as opposed to like yeah. it's all connected yeah. to the beginning but it feels like those two are made more in conjunction with each other mm-hmm. because they're their own <laughs> thing at that point mm-hmm. and then we just naturally need a, re- a reboot of dark man and we'll be all set yeah, makes perfect sense. You to me. know that happens someday. It, no, what's his name? Someone, someone like wants it. Look, the guy that did uh, Werewolves Within and and uh, oh, okay, he, he's yeah. like he keeps what's his name? Ruben? So Josh Ruben? Jo- Josh Ruben? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he keeps oh, like J Rubes. J Rubes. Yeah, J Rubes. Yeah, <sighs> that's that's the guy. Yeah. yeah, he keeps putting out there. Is like I want. I really want to do uh, <laughs> Dark Man. I don't know. If A lot of people probably do. 
Yeah, I, he's just the first that I've yeah. seen him like actively putting things out. It's like, is he in a conversation? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Regardless, that's Dark Man. <laughs> uh, we have a commentary for that movie. Um, <laughs> we've done a lot of commentaries, guys. So let's talk about Candyman more specifically. Candyman, 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, based off Clive Barker's The Forbidden, it's directed by Bernard Rose, um, mm-hmm. who basically took this, he wrote the screenplay too. He took the story and relocated it from well, Liverpool, I believe, uh, its original location to obviously Chicago and the Caprini Green area uh, and basically infuse this what i assume very white story with a much more black focused one question yeah mm-hmm. was in any way the show lost character of bernard and rose a tribute to director bernard rose <laughs> i wouldn't be I just, surprised just thought about that yes. the candy man it was now i'm gonna piece that together and see if like if like jj abrams has some connection to bernard rose or like he was a yeah. screen did like a oddly you mean jj robitaille yeah he did, I mean, he did uncredited rewrites back in the day. He could have, like, done something for Bernard Rose for some reason. It just hit me. So, sorry. Back to Candyman. It's fine. It's just, yeah, that's a... Because that's, like, what? History of Violence that has... um, What's his name? Uh, the two the two villains in that movie are named after Leland Orser. Because the villain uh-huh. are named Leland and Orser. It's because Cronenberg just likes oh, Leland yeah. Orser. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, those things I'm pretty happen. sure it's the exact same thing. That's what it is. So there's your link between a history of violence and Candyman. The true puzzles Woo. that we were trying to solve. Um, we'll be back next year for more horror on Out Now. <laughs> I was going to be like, yeah, that I think we up, talk, guys. Like, more minutes about other movies than we, we had five episodes planned, but I think we're good. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll see you next year. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Hashtag the omen. <laughs> but yeah so where do we start with candy obviously we we had a commentary well, the, talking 1992 all about not yeah, thank you we are we had a commentary focus entirely on the movie and yeah it has all these people it has virginia madsen tony todd xander berkeley cassie lemons vanessa e. williams it has that philip glass score jimmy oh, you just so watch candy man again i assume you've seen it plenty of times but you just watched it recently because you're a responsible guest well yeah. <laughs> any any new insights that you want to bring to keep the candy man table i just think the movie is one of those that is it is shockingly profound it is uh it it is far better than i think a lot of people remember it to be i mean it this is an exceptional film this is an exceptional film the way it's shot the way the uh, you have two excellent excellent leading performances not only tony todd virginia madsen is absolutely brilliant here uh even xander berkeley as is fantastic this is a good cast this is a really good cast it's a really good story. It's scary. It's it, it's chilling, and it's it's just. I, I think it's one of the best original horror uh, introductions to a character. I really do, and I think it it is one that has it doesn't really age, doesn't age. I, I was watching it last night again and thinking, I feel like this could have been made today in a lot of ways, and I don't mm-hmm. think it. You know, it, it really is a smart, really fascinating film and, and I, it's it's still very chilling and kind of heartbreaking i think it ref- uh, that reflects the times honestly or like the the nature of the times as far as what it's trying to do as far as for sure you know for characters sure. into cabrini green and having things to say about that even though cabrini green's technically gone now the kind of the mm-hmm. legacy of it's still there let alone just the nature of certain aspects of chicago and you know the country um yeah. so it's I, I can see that, you know, the timeliness, you know, outside of costume design. Yeah, I, I, I see mm-hmm. what you're getting at. Here's a question I have for you and, and Brandon, mm-hmm. for all of you. Um, would you, because of, I think something that's unique about Candyman is that it operates as 
but I said like a slasher, but at that time, slashers are generally focused more on a young, younger set of characters, of, you know, outside of, you know, a few or what have you. But yeah. it's still, but it's still a film that's focused on like re- very relevant themes, and it's very adult in the same way that Brand, Brand, we pointed this out is like Silence of the Lambs was like yeah. a year before. Would you say that this one was ahead of its time and trying to kind of combine being both like an adult thriller as well as being this kind of hybrid slasher ghost story? It's the it's the next step from Freddy Krueger, and it didn't take take off like Freddy Krueger did. Like mm-hmm. this is because slashers, he took slashers in a very uh, paranormal direction they hadn't been going before because mm-hmm. after him you get like chucky you get all these other things and this felt like the height this is this is where science of the lambs hit and then now you have the slashers borrowing off of that using yeah. what they were coming off of with freddy and you get Candyman, and i think that's where you, that's where this one kind of falls into but the first movie is a big success but it, nobody knocked it off um no and like then the sequel did so we kind of just started fading because it's that know? weird like the way 90s went for horror where it just it's kind dead of here it, aside it from basically these dies yeah. and yeah as we talked about the adult thrillers we yeah you get like the the, the silence of the lambs knockouts like you're saying things like mm-hmm. what uh copycat and yeah all those and at the same time you're getting the literally adult, yeah <laughs> you're getting copycats yeah, literally <laughs> and then at the same and the same time you're getting brought you're getting the adults the like adult version of uh, universal monsters so you're getting yeah. bram right. stoker's dracula you're getting the mm-hmm. wolf you're getting uh, mary shelley's frankenstein from i mean future freddy oscar winner and, Freddy and jason <laughs> freddy and jason do try i mean you get jason's goes to hell which mm-hmm. thinks it's a more adult film and then you get a west craven's new nightmare which mm-hmm. I would both, those are both as a more yeah, adult both film. Adult, yeah, they both like, to, is that like 94, 95? Yeah, 94 and 93 mm-hmm. is Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay. you're not right. I didn't think about that with Jason Goes to Hell. But yeah, that is that one is focused on like adult characters as opposed yeah. to. Yeah. It, it plays like a teen movie, but it like could trick a teen into thinking it's a more adult movie. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think the other thing that, that's like a secret to this, the their sauce is, uh, right now I was going to bring up Sons of the Lambs too, but Jim, to like to incorporate your point here, Let's make this movie about this horrific thing that uh, people are afraid of in like poor neighborhoods in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? No, it's actually that he might be a sympathetic villain. It's like, no, he got a, he got he got trashed mm-hmm. way back when in the 1600s because of race. And then, uh, you know, he's going to come back and just kill people that that uh, that say his name five times. But the ultimate thing is like he's trying to find some sense of his own closure, which is a weird thing to have for a slasher movie because coming into yeah. this, I, I never thought about like Candyman like when I was growing up and thinking about this movie. I was like, oh, it's a slasher movie about this guy with a hook for a hand because that's uh, all that you see in the trailers and whatever else. I was like, mm, no, there's actually more to this guy than I think that people yep. uh, maybe even like originally uh, uh, sort of like thought. Like, uh, So it's a weird concept to have like – Elevated horror, or who was that that said that? I think it was you, Brandon. It was like elevated horror. It's of, a uh, term, but I know, people know yeah. what I'm talking about I, if I, I hate use using it. using buzzwords as well. But it, it certainly is like this this elevated uh, concept, I should say, that just says, let's make this horror movie about this guy. But you know what? Maybe the horror, uh, maybe the people that are most horrific are the people watching it. It's, the, it's like, oh. It's the kind of thing where, yeah, you can fill, you know, you can put butts in seats by saying horror villain. He's got a hook right. for a hand and he'll come at you if you, you know, say something in the mirror five times. That's an easy yeah. way to be like, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. see that horror movie. That sounds different. At the same time, yeah, when you like look at why he's doing certain things, a lot of it's like to stick it to Virginia Madison. It's like, oh, you want to come into my neighborhood and just like right. see, see what you can find out? 
I'll show you when mm-hmm. you find out. Also, you remind me of somebody. Let me uh, <laughs> let me let me, ha- let me haunt you for a little bit. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. frame you for murders, bitch. Yeah, it's a, it's even a the really... concept of like Virginia Madsen's character. She's a graduate student trying to like write her thesis. She's not like a teenager, like you know, having a good time at cramp kissed. She's married. She's married. She's got an yeah. adult relationship. This right. is this is an adult character. This is this is a this is a weird, unusual mix of slasher meets art house horror in in the best of ways. It honestly is. It's a recurring theme for these Candyman movies, by the way, beyond the fact that all the three first ones all have white leads made by <laughs> white directors. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> the notion that whoever like Candyman puts their focus on, which is of course the you know a white female character, mm-hmm. they can go either way, but everyone in their life is going to suffer. <laughs> like it's such yeah. a like it's such a mean kind of concept to think about. As far as like this per- people that had nothing to do with Candyman whatsoever, basically just going to get murdered by him for association with yeah. somebody else that was either yeah. too nosy or just had to be involved with the Candyman, or or just trying to help the character, the main character. Yeah, or like like her buddy in in the movie, like it's like, hey, I hear you screaming. Let me just come into your apartment, and then oh no, now I'm dead. Oh yeah, that scene that's heartbreaking. Oh my yeah. god, that scene breaks my heart. I, I, yeah, and I do want to add also, like, you know, I, I, for as much as we might think about the concept of the movie and whatever else, the level of gore in these movies is is really well done. Like it's pretty good just to see. Yeah, you know, flesh. It's just nice to see people cut up. flesh and whatever else. Yeah. Like it, it really, it kind of adds to it. Like, I honestly, we talked about this in the 2021 Candyman, but it's like you know, at a certain point, I'm kind of just like either rooting for Candyman or I'm not even really scared of the movie anymore. Um, and in these, like the entire series, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I, I, I see what he's about, and he doesn't change his tone. Like Candyman doesn't change his tone and be like, I'm just gonna start killing people like ruthlessly now. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's that, not. That he's not a guy you. You don't negotiate with the Candyman. You don't. He's, but he's pretty as set in his ways like, and what he wants yeah, to do. But he's not just like I'm going to go kill everybody on Elm Street now. It's like no, like you have to say my name and invoke me, and then I'm going to like do some shit. Say my name. Say my name. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> his, he has a certain vendetta to some degree, but yeah, it's also just about like, well, if I'm around and you say my right. name, like, <laughs> like <laughs> remind me, Brandon and Jimmy, you guys are more familiar with it because you've watched it more but for nightmare on elm street like beyond the first one like do they continually link back to him specifically being like involved with the people that were on elm street or does that matter in any- yeah 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 no it's yeah, matters. Yeah, mattering it's throughout. Matters. uh the, the kids in so in the second one is more about him taking over the kid who moved into the house so it's the same house and okay. then the yeah. third one has to deal with kids whose parents are still ones that were mm-hmm. uh of the people that have and then the right. th- fourth one all those are gone but he manages to transfer and just be able to go after whoever's kids mm-hmm. uh, yeah it connects to them yeah it all it all comes back to nancy and and her mm-hmm. experiences in some way yeah mm-hmm. I was trying to like, it's not necessarily factoring that into like, who am I the most scared of? But it's like, well, they're all limited to a certain thing. Like, if you're at Camp Crystal, Camp Crystal Lake, then yeah, that's, you know, if you're at Elm Street, okay, watch out. Hey, yeah, he has gone to Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah, and he and has space. gone to Illinois and space. Yes, and he went to Haddonfield. If you're no, at like Haddonfield, in... oh wait, no, I'm sorry, he went to Ohio. Oh, he went to Ohio. He went to okay. Ohio. Sorry, he went to mm-hmm. Ohio. Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> damn you brandon damn it and like 
like who are the who would be the ones that you'd really like texas chance of is obvious it's like yeah just don't go to the don't go there don't go uh, to like uh, don't go to texas barbecue <laughs> right don't stop in texas period chucky yeah, just yeah, feels exactly. like don't be a little kid and you'll probably be fine and don't you know, be yeah. don't yeah don't be a lonely kid that's, you know who lives in texas Leatherface and Ted Cruz. Why go? Oh my god. I've got a question for you guys here, just in terms of uh, bringing it back to Candyman for a quick second. Um, how did you guys actually take the whole entire Daniel Robitaille is is from the 1600s and he's he's uh, a, a restless spirit? Like, so is that I, like a, a cool backstory for you guys, or is I, it like, yeah. I think it is, but also I have this perspective I hadn't, I hadn't seen. <laughs> I hadn't like actually seen if I had like I we talk about this commentary, but I hadn't seen until like basically till that Shout Factory release came out because it just wasn't streaming for the longest time, so I didn't have like a way to like readily watch the movie. So by the time I really did seeing it like in my age consciously for like pretty much the first time, it's let you know I could register like oh this is what this is trying to do and this is pretty great as far as mm-hmm. not just being a you know, not being this kind of deviant that was burned alive or not, or, you know, some, you know, whatever Jason is or just a crazy person. It's like, no, there's a real motivation here as to what he's getting into and like what his backstory is. When it's like, yeah, and, you know, knowing all the horror that I do, I was like, this is pretty fascinating. And, you know, the, the, the idea of someone like, you know, the having a black man at the center of it, like mm-hmm. that makes it fascinating to me automatically just because it's like that, that, that doesn't exist. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, this is, much more interesting to not more but like it's it has a very specific way of being interesting to me mm-hmm. and it's a far more sympathetic again it's a far more sympathy sympathetic factor, character sure. than some of these characters yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and that's that's a fairly rare thing in these there's a couple there's a couple but yeah i think he's one of the most sympathetic of the horror villains brandon how about you anything to add to that oh then i i just find it interesting to taken from this movie carrying on to the sequels and the remake or not remake the uh, one that just the the, 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 the modern sequel. the new addition to Candyman is mm-hmm. um how Candyman they, a, a spirited beginning. Yes. They take, <laughs> they take like uh, the Helen character here and she becomes like important mythology to the next set of whoever the characters yeah. are. Like they they tell her tale as well, especially in the new one big time. But she carries yeah. on they they talk about her a day of the dead. I can't be I can't remember like that movie was so hard to keep my attention. Yeah. I watched like twice oh yeah um uh so yeah i think i think it's interesting how she becomes this important part it's it's weird like things you mentioned freddy krueger okay Mm -hmm. um that house from the first one becomes a staple throughout the series but it had nothing to do with freaking freddy other than the events of the first film like were there and it it carries over into like every movie that goes like this house becomes a staple and it's like why like the Boiler room is where the Freddy thing was. Like mm-hmm. they later retcon and explain it in another like later entry. Um, but Freddy was the the uh, the the landowner, and he hired some day laborers right. to help build the house. So that's but that's but turn, you have like a, yeah. a bone in one of the. Uh, oh, it's Freddy! <laughs> Freddy's dead. They explain it, but it. um, and so it's exactly the, what I just said. Yes, close. <laughs> Previous five movies, it's like why do they keep showing the stupid house, like. Yeah. And it's, it's the, it's the it Evil Dead Oldsmobile of houses. Yeah. <laughs> but Helen could have easily been brushed over, but now it's the story of Daniel Robitaille. And then there was this woman, Helen, right. and she, you know, and it's like, oh, that's 
an interesting take that they include her to be as important to that first film as just the monster was. Well, also yeah, it also I, fits I, the it, it fits the social commentary angle mm-hmm. as far as like like Coleman Domingo. Sorry, we'll talk about that film too, but he brings it out in the in the in the in the the, the new film by saying like you know the the story of uh, Robitaille's been around for years where you know Cabrini Green's been a problem. One white woman you know burns alive and everybody's got everybody's got to bring their attention to it. like it's, right. it's very aware of right. the idea that she she's you know because of who she is and where she is that that brings more significance to the population within that mm-hmm. universe than mm-hmm. this actual horrific story of like a man whose hand was chopped off and he's speared with honey and murdered in this neighborhood that's notorious for everything that's going wrong with it. One mm-hmm. missed opportunity they had with, with this was why her name wasn't Marilyn instead of Helen, because at the end of the film, she's called to in the mirror and comes yeah. out. Bloody Mary is a, another urban legend that you say in the mirror. Why wouldn't you call her Marilyn the whole movie and then end it on Bloody Mary? You have mm, two yeah. of them right there. It sounds like the comment I, that I was going to make I, too. I always thought that was a, big missed opportunity it is kind of hokey but it would have been it would have been yeah. kind of cool been her well, 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 like well, at the hospital like mm-hmm. her tag is actually uh helen mary lyle so you know it was her middle name right okay. here yeah here's okay. what we well, do the four of us get together we go to the next robicon and robicon <laughs> <laughs> it's fest come on uh-huh. That well, no, that gets they had to change the name because of I, I know what you thought summer is coming out. So they, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and they so, couldn't. Uh, oh my god, the bees, yeah. that one, they can't <laughs> yeah, they can't because they because yeah. Cage, 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 Cage Con, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but we go to Robicon, which which also features James Badge Dale for Empty Con, uh, that's at the same uh-huh. time, but anyway, Bernard Rose will be. <laughs> stupid jokes <laughs> we'll confront all for this so we'll confront bernard rose and then you brandon you could ask him why did you just name him Marilyn? yeah why would you be like I Marilyn? it's like that's my wife's name i didn't want to have her in the movie uh Do you no, know jj I- abrams or damon lindelof <laughs> we need to know about this bernard rose Carlton Cuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also but- by the way i'm brandon of the brandon peters show and i'm the recent winner of the summer movie gamble <laughs> you can follow me at brandon for first ever KHG. global champion first ever global champion <laughs> But I was going to mention that also the uh, like the Helen thing, what you mentioned there, what's cool about it is at the end of Candyman 1 is that she does become like a conjured, a conjurable mm-hmm. ghost villain thing. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. That, that kind of just serves as another person to be scared of. Um, they never utilize really it again. Yeah. D- yeah. It doesn't really materialize. Never comes back again. Well, it's called Candyman, not Helen. Yeah. <laughs> But, well, and to, you know, to be fair, she also does go after the one person she really right. needs to go after. Yeah, sure. so, yeah. so her, it, her, she can, she's like Casper. She can go away to the other side now. Yeah. Um, exactly. But uh, no, what I was going to say. With Devin Sawa. Exactly. Yeah, he shows up. They're floating with Christina Ricci. Star Final Destination, one of our episodes coming uh, I know. But the, the cool thing about this is that you're right, Brandon. Like the through line of the Helen story is throughout the movies as well. And so mm-hmm. I haven't really think there seen like a lot of a lot of franchises where there's like minus like obviously like maybe like a Terminator where it's like John Connor's the guy, but you know we've talked about Nightmare on Elm Street or Jason and it's like you know I think like the character themselves is the thing that that binds all the movies together. It's not so much like the lore of uh, all of it. It's like I think that it's to some degree I think like in Halloween four they'll go back to like the Myers. I mean, it seems like they go back to the Myers house in every movie, 
but um, not Halloween four. That's one of them that doesn't Halloween have it. Four. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but there five there's... brings it back, and it's a way different house. Yeah, it's, it, it is blue. It has like, house. It has like, like three a, attics. It's got like those Victorian little like tower things yeah. on it. Well, but it's they, a really neat they had thing to, have to have repairs, man. And then yeah. right back to six, it's the same old thing again. Howling like Howling seems like one of the it's that's one of the original ones as far as like doing that. Like it's it it's like everything. They like invented yeah. lore as they were going on yeah. and linked characters, made a mini trilogy within the series that had a whole different co- like I had its own like continuity. Four mini series. Four yeah. in that it, movie. Four mini series. So that that Halloween is the choose your own adventure of horror. It really is. I, I, Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, <laughs> I coined that long ago. And uh, choose your own yeah, horror adventure. The choose your own adventure yeah, thing. That town nerd. Yeah. yeah. Well, even yeah. before that, before that, I, that, you did. Yeah, you wrote it all out in that town. Yeah. yeah. I had no. I had Scott write it. There you yeah. go. <laughs> back in back when Mendelssohn memos were a thing. But yeah, just the whole entire Helen Lyle being referenced in. Two and then in the 2021 one, where like what we're saying, it's become so ingrained in like the lore as well. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, did you guys hear about the, this crazy white lady that went to go and try and find the Candyman? Her name was Helen, and they're just like, oh shit, that was really cool. that was a cool callback. And mm-hmm. it, we'll get there, but like I do like how like the basis of this first one is in urban legends, right? You mentioned yeah. that early on, Jimmy, uh, as far as pointing that thing. Yeah, very much, yeah. very much an aspect of this. The idea that she's uh, this begins as an investigation of the urban legend, and by the end of it, she becomes an urban legend essentially. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. that's an element we haven't talked about that much. We didn't talk about that much in the episode, but oh, that's something so. that it brings back for the 2021 film. The idea mm-hmm. of of urban legends on right. a, in it, but and it makes it more connected thematically because it's not just about the mm-hmm. nature of urban legends but it's specifically about uh, wrong wrongful deaths of black individuals and like how their stories have turned them into right. a legend let alone they all become like individual candy mans they're the hive as colin domingo refers to it like it i do like that that's something that they did take away from this movie but um before we get there and mm-hmm wrapping this one up let's move on to the next film so because we, we have three other movies still to talk about so let's talk about Candyman. it's time to say farewell to the flesh the exactly flesh. and let's yeah. let's move on to Candyman: colon and farewell to the flesh this film came out in 1995 directed by oscar-winning director bill condon um, one of his <laughs> his first like mainstream movie right like he did like a something else and it did whatever and this is like is is like all right i'm making a movie so he made this movie um this one features tony todd also stars kelly rowan from the oc mm-hmm. william o'leary who played tim the Toolman taylor's brother on home improvement that's the best thing i know him from uh bill nunn of course radio rahim uh veronica cartwright and uh, michael colkin the only returning cast member from the beside tony todd from the first film yeah Yep. So this one, just a basic plot synopsis because I wrote some stuff down for each of these. Three years later, a school teacher loses her father to the can- to, to the can- to Candyman obsession in, in New Orleans. Think in- Nolans! Nolans. Horror ensues. Um, the- <laughs> right off the bat, I- and I think we already kind of said it, this movie, I don't think this movie is terrible by any means. I think it is. No, I, 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 yeah. think, I would say it's good, in fact. I don't think it's great, but I do think it for what it's trying to do, it's less of everything that you like about the first one. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being just like a straight up horror movie, it does the job while still giving you like more Tony Todd and he get and he gets to do more as far mm-hmm. as exploring, like show, basically literally showing you who he is compared to just hearing the stories from the first movie. Yeah, this one's yeah. all about the lore. Like uh, mm-hmm. it's very, it reminds, in, in a good way, it reminds me of where like 
and at around this exact same time where the Hellraiser series was going with a lot of old flashbacks showing some um, older time. It wasn't like flashbacks like 10 years ago or something. It was like way, it was like period piece flashbacks. Uh, Is that when like Pinhead has like hair still and like a small yep. mustache? Long, long ponytail. Uh, Adam Scott. <laughs> it's, in his, it's in his grunge uh, face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen those Hellraisers. Uh, but no, like they were they were uh, digging down uh to more um more flashbacky stuff, but uh this one I don't know, it it more indulges the horror sensibilities of what Candyman could be as just yeah. a horror franchise. And I I do have to give it the the finale has a really good set piece that with the flooding and the stuff like I really I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. Yeah, I don't know the budget. This is a Jaws two of uh, it's a it's like Jaws two. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah, like it, that's good. It's it's stylistically, it's it's kind of trying to be there, but yeah, it has a lot of like elements that certainly push in a certain place. Philip Glass still does the score for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as good. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't. The score is. It it, it all feels very fine. You know, well, it, it's, the score is like well, we just copy and paste what we had before yeah pretty yeah yeah. there's nothing new to add i don't think he was going to the studio bringing all of his orchestra to be like guys now i have some some ideas for really cool themes for the sequel to candy man let me tell you right but uh, no like yeah jaws 2 is a very good comparison jimmy it's like yeah Yeah. the first one was amazing what do you do next i guess you just do more of the fun stuff (laughs) just see how that works basically yeah and um but uh, i like it does it is, it does still try to be like quote unquote a real movie. Like it still feels like an, a film made for adults, even as a sequel to Candyman. It doesn't mm-hmm. like it's maybe gorier, but it doesn't feel like it's going like too excessive. Like the third one, despite having no money, feels like it's sleazier. Is I guess the best word to put it. Where this one still feels like it's trying to be like a real sequel. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with you that this one is is trying to be like I guess still a real movie. What I find fascinating about this is they do go through a lot of really interesting concepts that they just don't really explore it, probably because given the time period, when was this one made? Like 1990? This is 95. This is never the second one. This is the third one also. There's like interesting ideas in these movies. It's just Yeah, well, I mean, like the idea of like, hey, a mixed race child growing up pretending that she's white and then having like uh, a grandmother that's just like denying all of it. Like that's a really interesting and tough idea to have. Uh, and they they placed it in the movie. They just don't really do anything with it, aside from like uh, her granddaughter or her daughter calling her a liar and whatever else. But it's, it's like uh, that's like a big stretch. I was like, oh shit! Like that's something that would be in written in today's movies. You know what I mean? Where it, fit, it fits right alongside Devil in a Blue Dress, which came out the same year. As far as having this interracial subplot going on, as far as like I'm, I'm having a, having mixed characters involved in a genre <laughs> film. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, it's a continuation of the they're, they're connected yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah denzel movies denzel universe um, exactly. for some reason but i i certainly do appreciate this one for again not going too far off of like the reservation and being like let's just make something incredibly wild or incredibly crazy i think we're going to talk about that in the, in the next one but this one at least says like i actually do like what they did there let's try and continue this and make this a really good horror movie instead of or a horror franchise instead of just like a slashing thing. Like to be fair, it it's more of, of a slasher. Thing. Like yes, it does. Yeah. It's it's delivering mm. on more like deaths and they're sure. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it knows what it is. It's a sequel to Candyman, and it's still a horror franchise, so it still wants right. to like put that out there. But yeah, it I, it does flirt with 
you know, being a film that you can take seriously to whatever degree that's supposed to be. Yeah. It flirts with it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, part of it, it, it doesn't have as strong a cast given that we don't record. Yeah. I mean, many of these, I mean, Kelly Rowland's fine. Right. She, uh, I, I like seeing Veronica Cartwright here. It's like a nice little nod because, I mean, she's the bird's alien. She's she's the veteran actor on the set. Veteran yeah. horror stuff there. Where everybody else is a TV guy. Of, she makes every, every time you put Veronica Cartwright in a, mm-hmm. in a horror film, it can be the worst horror film, Mirror Mirror, but she's still fun. <laughs> she's still I, a delight. I, I, I put a drink in her hand and she's going to give you a 10. And there, there's one yeah. part, part in here where her performance is like really big at a point. But mm-hmm. I realized I'm like, it's not her looking like campy or something. It's because she's that much above the rest of the cast that she mm. looks that way because no one in the scene can keep up with her where she's at. But mm-hmm. um, I think exactly which scene you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, I, this is kind of over the I'm like, I don't think she's over the top. I just think no one else in this movie can get to that level. Yeah. That, and we because that happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's part of the the thing with this is the cast can't carry some of these. I, if you have like you take the cast of the last one, throw them into this one, I think we're talking a little bit of a step up. That'd be interesting. Oh my gosh, now. yeah, yeah. Because I never, I didn't think about the casting cast. Yeah, I'm, I guess I was more thinking the brother about guy it. doesn't carry it very well with what no. he's doing. Yeah, Tim's um, Tim's brother. Tim, the two right? Tim's brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tim's because brother, yeah, like, he. I mean, he doesn't have a lot to do aside from being like it was the Candyman. He's constantly oh, no, yeah, worried scared. and shouting yeah. about things. Yeah, it's yeah. a. It's a yeah, it's, a, it's it's kind of like a thankless role, even though he's like a catalyst utility for a part. Lot of this. But yeah, you get yeah. someone cool in there, like right, might be able to. There were then, there was there was talk of Bernard Rose coming back, and he had ideas for how to do that. But uh, one of them, well, one of them was exploring more of the lore, which did end up in this movie, just, just kind happened, of in, in yeah. flashback version. Yeah. But like he wanted to really get into Candyman, but that would mean having an interracial romance, which the studio was like, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Why? audiences i don't know the funny thing is in the, 90s, in the 90s i don't think that would have been an issue in the 90s it, made, it would make more sense to me the 90s sense. you have yeah. like, with all the with all the shows on on fox where you have like a living color and uh, living like you have so many more black centric shows compared to years after that well, which post is jungle weird. fever too like, oh, yeah, like jungle yeah, fever like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of there's that. a lot of like interesting progress that's been made and is being seen i think frequently and yet they're still like going over the same the same, the same stereotypical t- ways as far as yeah. like how to handle studio heads stuff. out of touch studio it's, heads it's, out yeah. of touch yeah and, like, and backers that are probably out of touch as well pretty much yeah and i, I do want to harken back to something that aaron said about the entire franchise overall which is like um the reason why probably a lot of it still resonates is because a lot of it's still true today like in terms of like race relations and mm-hmm. like just like um how little things have changed and what i found fascinating about this is like when the kingfish guy or whatever his name is um the radio guy yeah he's talking about like new orleans and i was like oh it's like the banks of the mississippi are gonna like flood over i was like dude holy shit like things are <laughs> bad way back when too uh-huh and then, you know, like a decade later it's like mm-hmm. fucking katrina right but yeah it's it what i like about the urban myth of Candyman is like the urbanness of it which is like dude we're gonna go into like these never really taught like I, I think about like people in the stairs which is like not like a great comparison it's just more of hey let's show like a really scary weird house um and have like a black character lead and have him just be a a kid or or trying to like run out of like this neighborhood and be cool about it's like no let's have the whole entire neighborhood set in a very poor place and just have uh let's actually shed some light on it and it's like i don't think a lot of movies would have done that i don't think a lot of movies would have like 
I mean, we we talked about like signs of lands. Like Buffalo Bill lives in like a suburb of like um of uh Illinois or something like that. Like you know he Miss Moffat's house or so whatever. But it's like I don't think that we we had a lot of like these movies where they were just like no these characters are in these neighborhoods and it's other people that have come to the neighborhood to go check it out. It's like I don't think mm-hmm. we would have had a or I haven't really seen a lot of that. Like even in like something like Cabin or not Cabin in the Woods, um, like stuff with Necronomicons and what Evil whatever Dead. ghostly things, Evil like Dead traveling yeah. to mm-hmm. a location that is like you're going to find forbidden. the danger. Yeah, yeah, the you're going not, to, and, the, yeah. And it's like here, like the danger is everywhere. And quite honestly, we're trying to make this larger thematic uh, um, message of just like you know. It's dangerous everywhere, but also, like, what about these forgotten neighborhoods that are also pretty bad? This reminds me of, like, an argument that people have, just like, um, it's like, oh, yeah, like, we really need to go help out, like, um, uh, or we have, like, problems, but not here in America. It's like, have you ever been to rural America? Like, rural America has, like, a lot of problems that are, like, very near and dear to, like, uh, a lot of people that have, like, great hearts, but also, like, they're very similar to problems in developing countries and whatever. It's like, so what I love about this is like, yes, it continues to be that it's, even though it's in New Orleans now, it's still in like these rougher neighborhoods, like where uh, Radio Raheem lives, mm-hmm. like it's a tough part of the neighborhood. And like, even when they go visit like their old house, it's like, um, they're like, what are we doing here? Like the husband's just like, can we get the fuck out of here? Like, I'm really worried. And she's just like, hold on a minute. Let me go and live like my, my past. Like, so overall, I, I really do appreciate that they still keep like to the true uh the truth of i guess Candyman, which is i'm here to be an urban legend to these urban neighborhoods um and like i'm a scary guy but again you have to conjure me and also like i'm trying to get to where i'm trying to get to so thanks a lot caroline for like being caroline but at the same time um i would love to to go and and just continue to haunt these haunts it is a good point that you're making as far because these are these are studio movies as well, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can put some of the main horror franchises in like New Line or I guess Paramount to a point until it went to New Line, but you know, like these are these are actual studio films that are addressing these kinds of themes, and that is that does make a difference compared to just like you know low low budget thing that got picked up and distributed. Th- that that makes a difference it's like and you mentioned like people under stairs that's a universal movie like that's a movie mm-hmm. where wes craven had a bunch of way more money than he needed to be like yeah all right let me let me let me let me make a point let me not just make a wes craven feature let me make a wes craven movie that has a message behind it so it's mm-hmm. like it it is neat to see like during this weird time where we had you know studio films that were you know go that were that were horror films actually try to say something uh good on them good good on them like filmmakers right. that like had more they wanted to explore and they had the means to an extent that they had to do so um in you know that's coming alongside some you know some of these like draculas or what have you where you know you have the budget you have the means but it's not really it's not necessarily trying to be about something specifically beyond just newer newer updates of these monster movies sure yeah well and so budget stuff and you know it's like his his coat's different in this like yeah i'm surprised like that being you know how they do with horror people like the the coat was that like his attire was different and he looked kind of younger well i mean it's a different haircut candy man is like fucking horror shaft you know he just has all kinds of style 
he's you know he's like yeah i mean he doesn't why, look why bad want... he looks, still looks cool no, he doesn't yeah. like why would i want the same coat i'm a fucking poor pimp over here let me grab I a love, new i love that like royal purple uh <laughs> maroon color he had in the first one though and this one i think it's just all black um but yeah he makes it work man he makes yeah. it work, oh, makes yeah. it work. He, does, yeah. he has he has his hook and he's like does this look good with it yes it does and he puts it on <laughs> <laughs> looks great <laughs> um Let's see. I was mentioning the the exploring the lore as far as one of the ideas. One yep. of the other things was to adapt Midnight Meat Train, another Clive Barker story, which eventually oh, became a movie. Yeah. That, that was another thought of idea that uh, uh, Bernard Rose had for how to make a sequel by like taking in that, incorporating that story into Candyman and doing whatever he wanted to do with that. Ultimately, he passed. Obviously, so we got Bill Condon uh, in the direct. Um, but yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the second on Fear of the Perils of the I Flesh? I can't wait to get to the third one. Well, let's get to it. Let's talk about Candyman, colon, Day of the Dead. This came out in 1999. Hashtag woof. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, yes. It's, it's directed by Terry Meyer. It's a direct-to-video feature. Um, features Tony Todd, Donna DeErico, Nikki Corey, Woo. and Wade Williams as most racist cop. Um <laughs> took my shield for one thing which we, we brought up elm street here uh nick corey whose real name is sue garcia he was forced nick corey because no one wants to see a spanish kid in a movie back in the 80s he was the um he was rod lane in nightmare on elm street the guy yes, who got was. hung in his uh cell by freddy krueger the uh, up your nose with the twirling lawnmower that guy yeah yeah tina's boyfriend so just want to point that out. Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, the the basic plot of this again, it's set in 2020 because this is tw- so like we didn't mention or we kind of 15 this, years later. It's yeah, set, if it's said, yeah, it's it's a it's a decades later after the after <laughs> yeah. where the previous film it does feature because um, Kelly Rowan's character. Oh yeah, 25. I can 25. Yeah, 25 years later, Kelly Rowan's character she she has she has a daughter who. Who she names Caroline? Is Caroline that's mm-hmm. the name of that's the name of the daughter, mm-hmm. but that's that's also the name of Dad who robotized like the woman he fell in love with, right? Uh yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we end the second movie with like Caroline, like she <laughs> she's a witch, like she's a she's a she's she's connected to the bloodline, right? That's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like yes. right. yeah, mm-hmm. great granddaughter. Yeah. So now that we follow the older version of the daughter in the third movie, who's played by Donna Diarco. Uh, yeah, she, she is. She has all of the like art, all of Danny because Danny Robotai is an artist. He has all of like his, all like the rights to it. Like she, he, she owns the estate, so she has all the art. Uh, she she puts she and her boyfriend put together like a um, an art installation, mm-hmm. and the boyfriend wants to capitalize off the Candyman aspect. He's not her it. boyfriend. He's not her boyfriend. He's a partner. What is he? Just a, like partner? a business partner. Yeah, he's a partner. Just, yeah, because yeah. his girlfriend's the blonde lady that he gets killed. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That makes more sense to me now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they weren't dating. They yeah. weren't dating. Because she goes with the other guy eventually. She's like, that was quick. Moved on fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he moved on pretty fast himself. So <laughs> yes, <he did. laughs> So Candyman once again gets involved and starts framing this Caroline for for the murders that he's causing all around Los Angeles. Right away, because it's set in 2020. <laughs> I was thinking this movie's so cheap that it can't like make up silly futuristic things, even though it's set 20 years in the future. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, it just looks like LA still. It's like, well, this is right. Like, I, can't, I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> My, might I point out that this movie is directed by the writer of Leprechaun 2 and Chairman of the Board, starring Carrot Top. 
And he also did literally, okay, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer considered a great series by most people. He did the one episode that that is honestly considered one of the worst episodes Mm -hmm. in the series. Smashed. It's it's fine, but it's... Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. It wasn't which great. One's, which one's that episode? To, I think it is that like season a, four with Cal Penn where they get all drunk. In no, college, no, that was no? season five where oh, they were with the three, and it was. It felt very. It felt very soapy and very mm-hmm. cheap and TV like. It felt, yeah, he's got a lot of TV yeah. credits, so yeah, you can yeah. tell from this film. Yeah, yeah, you really can. Oh my and God, I, like, one thing that wow. really bothers me about this movie is I. I hey, mentioned a earlier, production designer. Yeah, seriously, like pay oh somebody to go and, and design your sets. But um, yes. I mentioned like, hey, farewell to the flesh. Like sometimes I was bored in this movie or in, in that movie. And in this one, I'm totally with Brandon. I'm like, I actually, I've never seen this movie except for very recently because it's streaming on Hulu. I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm watching. I have, I'm just going to take a break because maybe <laughs> I'm just overworked with watching things. And like, maybe I'm just not giving this his due attention because the first opening, the cold open is a bad bullshit. Sequence. There's nothing. It's just nothing. It's just yeah, like, and I'm like, da, 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 I'm candy man. Ah, yeah. And, and the thing that really bothers me is like, this is, I guess around that time with like teen slasher horror movies. So it's like, I guess that they're trying to capitalize on women that look good. That and are Baywatch be, audiences. Right. And it's like, let's go and try <sighs> to get that. Audience. And it just really doesn't work. The movie continues to devolve from there because there is a guy who pranks everybody at the art exhibit who later becomes the second lead in this movie. <laughs> he was paid to prank everybody. He was just yeah, doing his job. He was just doing his job. He's done for the rest of the movie. He becomes uh, one of the core people in this movie. <laughs> Well, oh like, he becomes I the mean, guy you uh, sympathize with like the second most because he's like hung up for as a yeah. prisoner for most of the movie. Right? I, I I hate to hang something so heavy on a person, but Donna Diarco, like, Whoa. I'm sorry, she is is very she's bad. A beautiful woman. Uh, she's still working this today. This is not the role for her. This is not at- her. Oh, this is this is bad. This is her all. coming off of like she was. I think she wasn't on Baywatch anymore, but mm-hmm. oh man, she can't. It, it's all on her. The movie yeah. asked way too much of her. She she's unable to pull it off, and it's it like it's hard to watch. So and, it, it's funny because and we can keep bagging on this movie, but like you're because <laughs> you're you're not wrong because it's she's bad in it and a lot yeah. of things are bad I feel, it, but, but I here's feel the, bad like here's, here's take the, the role if you're here's, her, here's, but... here's the thing though here's the thing though i the core ideas that this movie's trying to attack there's a lot of good ideas in this. oh yeah yeah sure. a lot of stuff that's, well, i haven't gotten to that oh, discussion yes. that, yeah that i think it's carried over to the next movie honestly there's yep. a lot there's i mean it brings in this art gallery aspect and the right. idea there are, no, of, like of every preserve, candy of, man of, has something with art galleries yeah. and but shit. but it like, but it brings it brings in this idea of like you know do we do we celebrate the man because of the work that he done or do we celebrate him because of this horrible story that's associated with him yeah and it brings in police brutality in like a huge way i i mean there's there's, there's a lot of like good ideas presented and, and like the nature of family and blood Right, or yeah, and, and you're not wrong around like how it continues into the 2021 one because mm-hmm. what's cool about it is like oh yeah there are people that are just like crazy enough to be like Candyman is like the best guy ever let's all stand for him and i was like yeah. oh yeah because you do see a lot of that like what you're saying when 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 uh our, our guy talks about like the hive um but i i do agree with you that this it 
again, like through and through, what's great about this entire, the first three movies here is like, let's keep it on Daniel Robitaille and let's keep it on like how he was wronged and let's continue that. But yes, like it really doesn't help out when I think that I'm given this lead character to follow and the the overall the overall arc that she takes is very expedited and so it becomes one of those things where it's like i don't know what i'm what i'm supposed to feel here but it just feels like all of the things that could have gone wrong in a in a sequel that went wrong like let's add more well, slashing let's add more jump scares let's, let's add more like shit on the character movies. that made it through the last film real bad mm-hmm. um yeah and the new mythology. Yeah, they really, they really take a, yeah. they really, really go hard on. Yeah, on they that. like take a hard stance on like that mom character just being like, let's just. Yeah, like, she had dementia, and then I asked Candyman to tack her up. The end. Right. We couldn't get Kelly Rowan back, and she'd be too old <laughs> no. anyway, uh, or she'd be too young anyway. And that, and the new mythology is kind of like the same mythology they told us in the last one. Yeah, you know, a little bit different. So I was like, what am I? getting from this mm-hmm. so it's the kind uh, of thing, now to, to, to be clear this this went direct to video and yes. this, is, and yes, this is at, and this is at a time when that's not a, that's not a great thing like yeah. nowadays i there's movies that direct to video that are better than movies that come out in theaters like often yeah. this this is the point where it's like yeah we're, you know like like the prophecy movies and stuff you're that, you know, stuck like, with the limit you know. hellraiser but the hellraiser yeah. ones looks way better than this because those are movies uh, that are about the art design. Like that's- you know what this movie <laughs> but, but, looks like, guys? You know what mm-hmm. this movie looks like? It looks like a, basically a, a porn version of Candyman without the sex. Yeah. With that kind of acting, that level of acting aside from Tony Todd, who is mm-hmm. somehow he manages to... He's an executive producer on this one, too. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's the only thing but watching. He has he, respect for the role. That's the Candyman yes, even looks... Doesn't look that great though. The like it's the weakest costume. His arm looks really long. Some of the effects, <laughs> the effects suffer. But like this, yeah. Th- here's the thing too. <laughs> this is these straight to video movies are limited to they have limited locations, little sets that are supposed to look like houses, warehouses, and alleys. That's basically yeah. all you can <laughs> film in. But some people succeed here. Like right. Scott Derrickson does Hellraiser Inferno, which. I don't think is that bad at all. I think it's actually a pretty interesting little Hellraiser mm-hmm. movie. And then this is <coughs> the equivalent of when James Wan did Saw. Like they didn't have they maybe have a better cast, but it's a little bit better of a movie, but <laughs> but they have the same limitations. Saw has the same that's filmed in one warehouse, make it look like a bunch of places, and then mm-hmm. alleys. That's uh that's the same limitations you have here. So whoever you have yeah. behind the camera can make good on these crap circumstances. Here they fail in the casting. And they just aren't too creative with telling the story. And there's no scares. I mean, it's not scary at all. It's it's boring. It's it's yeah. predictable. It's you know the kills. There's a couple of decent kills. Yeah, but like Aaron it. said, its ideas are in some of the right places. That's, right. Yeah, I would yeah, give 100%. it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I it. Give it that credit. And I think the other thing that really some is, don't even have that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Overall, I think the other thing, like from a technical aspect, that I noticed about this one versus the other ones is. It's editing is very modern, which means to, yeah. which is to say like it's chop 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 well, chop. Because chop. it took place in two twenty twenty. Oh oh, <laughs> oh no. my! But Another back, ahead of its time, Candyman film. Back then, exactly. when you're doing that, you're hiding stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I mean, like they're, they're obviously like they're hiding whatever they need to hide in terms of like budget uh, constrictions, but because the other two are focused more on. Hey, this person is like unwinding as a uh, unraveling as a person, and is it real? Is it real? Especially in the first Candyman, 
Um, this one is just more of like, let's again make it so that she's like on the run and she's got to go like it becomes like an action becomes like a sensual thriller becomes whatever it needs to become like, yeah yeah you know i don't know if you guys need to go for all this i think it actually works better if she just is still the bloodline and tony todd doesn't give her a kiss because that was weird um, but, <laughs> but, because he acknowledged like you're my granddaughter you're my blood come join me it's like just kiss you on the lips here <laughs> but I, I certainly appreciate that they they stuck to Daniel Robitaille being uh, his again it's his story and these are just people in it during the time frame but yeah its execution is very very weak and well, it, I, Aaron you mentioned like these cops I would love to get to them because I'm just like what the f-? there's like one point where like he slaps her and I was like what? yeah um, yeah i know the like, exact what you're the talking truth. yeah this, he, this, this is the cop her. who's tried this is the cop who's tried to believe her for most of the movie and it's like yeah, she, he gets, yeah, he gets, she he can't was. be responsible she's a nice white lady all these mexicans did the pride like it's like what well you know he, <laughs> yeah. he tried to turn heel on her when he like was gonna buy her some roses and then you see the roses come out of the car door <laughs> wow but I, I love that there are just like if this was like a campier movie, this probably would have worked out, but it's still trying to play it. No, yeah, it, try, it tries to play it series, exactly. Yeah, and it really and it's not funny, it it's not even so bad, it's good, it's just yeah, bad. Right. It just it's, just, it it's the offense, yeah, it's the offense of not being very good and not being very bad either. Like, and that's that, the ooh, and that's very much, I, and, and that's yeah. very much of a director thing, right? Because it feels I feel in, like it, there was quick, a okay, yeah, no, go quick. ahead, yeah, it, it feels like. It, it feels like, you know, the idea of assembling this movie means, okay, we'll let you make a third Candyman. You can make it about whatever you want, but you need to, like, hit this, this, and this so we can make a trailer. Like, that's what it feels like. Mm. But the problem is, even when accomplishing those goals, the stuff in between those shots isn't good. Like, so with this, it, it like, oh. it has ideas, like we've established. It it has the it has the beats you could play for a trailer. That face very, feels very clear to me. You could, it, I'm sure the trailer's probably fine for this movie. I haven't watched it. But yeah. in terms of like the stuff that's going on, it's like well, no, you got a, you got a bad cast and a bland director. So all you, all you have left is Tony Todd, who's bringing a sense of professionalism to it because why not? He's Tony Todd, and he's like you mm-hmm. said, he's an executive producer on the film. But even he doesn't like this movie. He's like, yeah, we didn't do a third. Movie. Well, and then what's like, a, I mean, what's the thing? Like, what do you say? Like, is Candyman supposed to be this symbol of something massively? you know, wrong to him, uh, mm-hmm. racial injustice, all that. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. message of this movie is like, forget all that. Don't yeah, go it, away, no, the, that's Don't go away if you forget it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, I, her, God, her performance is so bad, guys. Yeah, I but mean, I think you guys, really you guys summed it up very well, which is like, they, they throw the whole movie on her shoulders. And yeah. she's just not a good... Like again, the the character is there because the character exists in the universe. Look, but she just is not like taking it to the next level. At no. this time, at this time, I mean, this is a whole different era. But so that's why we that's... picked Donna, Donna Dierico, who was very hot at the time. She was a mm-hmm. a known per like those Baywatch actors were, and, and plus mm-hmm. international sales, international sales with Donna yep. Dierico it, from the biggest show on the planet at the time. There mm-hmm. you go. And there's that thing where that teenager or the right. underage kid's going to see it at the video store. Donna Dierico's in it. It's a horror. Cool. And that was mm-hmm. a selling point for these movies back then. Yep. If it's you were cheap, because, you like, had to sell on something. You had yeah. to have yep. extra extra things here and there. Yeah. Donna Dierico would have served that purpose. It, in, in it's also role. fascinating the way that we've talked about these movies in the time that they've come out in the, the surrounding movies. Like 92, we talked about Sands of the Lambs kind of being like 
an elevated horror thriller psychological aspects too. And then 99 is like Scream has come out already. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess uh, I know you did last summer. So again, like there's this rise of slasher movies again, as well as what Brandon is calling in like the sensuality, sexualized nature of the 80s movies has come back. But now you have like mm-hmm. a re- it's, it's, resurgence. It's direct to video. So you don't have to like mm-hmm. adhere yeah, to and, certain things that the studio yeah. would require for that. Right. Kind of. You've but, got like hardcore nuts picking it up and yeah that's jimmy has six copies in his in his collection oh it's my favorite movie ever i love it i well, have it he keeps yeah he keeps five of them unopened and, um, exactly one of them. exactly yes but yeah I, I i am curious how you guys what you guys think about like the whole entire um what happens at the end here and it's more of she decides that she's gonna tell the story the way that she wants to tell it and I, I guess, guess that so. she remembers something about what her mom said, which is like, you have to kill the mythology. And then she does, but it's like in one sentence. Like, so it does it feel as though it's like, it certainly feels as though it's like an idea, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's executed mm-hmm. that well at all. No, God, no, it's horribly executed. It, it, it's lazy. It's, it's something we'd seen similar, similarly to, uh, I think, Nightmare on Elm Street in a way they kind of have to kill the whatever. Uh, not exactly, but it kind of felt like they were going for that kind of kill, like that kind of mm-hmm. final sequence. It just doesn't work because you're just all the flaws of the movie are spread out. Her performance, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 bad production design, the, the, it, it looks so cheap and cheesy, and you're just like, well, they're gonna take her word for it that there's no Candyman. It doesn't. Right. Oh well, I guess that's that then. Sorry, yeah, De- exactly. delete that from the books, folks. Yeah, get rid yeah. of like. And cu- also call the Cabrini Green Police Department and tell them that you know it was all this white guy as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before we get to the next one, I will say yeah. that before they before we ultimately got the film that we got, uh, there was ideas for a fourth movie. Uh, Dion Taylor was attached to direct at one point. He's gone on to make a number of films of late, generally like screen gem uh, mm. uh, trash dramas and like black yeah, and blue yeah. i think was pretty good but also like what was that dennis quaid movie with him as like the white yeah. man, the white house owner the intruder and... was it the intruder <laughs> the intruder yeah oh, michael michael, oh, michael yeah. ely and, yeah, uh, yeah. good right. big and good um yeah. and like other movies of that fatale was the one that just came out with hillary swank and michael ely once again uh, but regardless he was attached at one point to make another candy man uh, some of the story ideas they had was a, a new england snowstorm was taking place and Candyman was caught up in this somehow okay um uh there's some version where like he's like someone's a professor at a college and they wanted like Candyman involved or whatnot so that sounds right and of course after freddy versus jason they're like well let's put him in a versus movie and i know i know for sure leprechaun versus Candyman was one conversation that was had and tony todd was like that's that's not that's not a tony todd was like i don't it had not fallen off that much yeah (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Todd. Well, Tony, no to Tony Todd one. has too much respect for the character to be like, no, that's not what this yeah. is about. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how it's specifically Leprechaun. That's like, I guess they're probably both artisan at the time, if I had to guess. Mm. <laughs> probably, uh, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, so yeah, that, none of that happened. Candyman sits around for a while, and then finally we start getting more development on it. So now we have the new film, Candyman, that came out just a month and about just about a month ago yeah, uh directed mm-hmm. by Nia Costa and produced 
uh, by Jordan Peele, of course, which has been you know publicized heavily, despite again being a Nia Acosta movie. Um, it yep. is it is co-written by Jordan Peele and Win Rosen Rosenfeld, along with Nia Acosta. Uh, the film, just recapping it for the sake of consistency, but the film stars Yaya Abdul Mateen, Tiana Paris, Coleman Domingo, Vanessa E. Williams is back, and of course Tony Rod, Tony Rod, Tony Todd makes a cameo of sorts as well. This film is set 27 years after the original film. We have a grown-up version of which we. It's weird that we learn like because Yaya Abdul Mateen he he plays the baby that's kidnapped in that right. first movie. Yeah, and the movie spoilers. And oh I my think, god! And I think part of the issue with this because it has its share. Of, like I I like the movie, but it has its share of issues. I think part mm-hmm. of its problem is that it doesn't seem to know how which audience to cater to. Whether it wants to cater to the people that know Candyman by the back of their hand or like just a new crowd of people and it's trying to do both because it mm. it keeps kind of like it makes you feel like uh, the anthony character is important and we know that's the case because we know Candyman, but we're not entirely certain because the movie's trying to play kind of loose with that but then it eventually gives you this grand reveal of the fact that he's the baby but it's like well we kind of knew that already but and <laughs> yeah and, and for people that haven't seen Candyman, do they care like it's it just it's a weird way to try to handle this story but regardless it does involve his character as a grown-up living in chicago with with tiana paris he's an artist she's an art um what's it called like a curator a curator thank you um and they live in what used to be cabrini green um now there's just like a small part of it that's left coleman domingo he lives in that neighborhood he had an encounter with a person that's now basically our candy man for this film and he he relates the story to anthony who then uses that as motivation to get his art going, which leads to other people being aware of the story and unleashing the Candyman once again. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing I like the most, I think, about this version of Candyman is that while it separates from Daniel Robitaille, despite him being involved to some degree, it turns it into it really it goes hard, you know, hardcore into the idea of this being directly connected to racial issues and unjust problems that mm-hmm. a, a lack of justice that's occurring when it comes to the black mm-hmm. community uh by making Candyman <clears throat> not just a person but like any any black character any black person that's experienced some kind of like hardship in this manner and the idea of like yeah of holding on to that story and relaying it in a way that it turns them into a can into the candy man like it's mm-hmm. i think it's pretty fascinating i think it's a really neat idea as far as rather than just say only one bad event happened in history it's like it's this could happen all, all the time right yes. mm-hmm. so, so abe happen. and i have discussed this movie quite a bit so we'll we have a little bit of a backseat yeah i'm gonna take a backseat too but i just want to point out my favorite thing about this is something that aaron mentioned which is uh, coleman domingo runs a laundromat <laughs> it is neat you know, like it's it's a fun thing because i didn't make that connection the second time i saw it because his character is introduced as a young boy going to do laundry to do laundry and then when he grows up he owns the laundry <laughs> like it's just a yeah. fun thing i didn't really think about it. so I saw but yeah it. I'll, I'll also take a backseat to, to this as well so brand brandon i want to hear your thoughts what, what did you think of of this new candy man oh i i rather enjoyed it quite a bit um i i think it's the first time that you have uh, in this in this series of films, uh, a director with a real style and vision. I, I think that you know Bernard Rose was a good director, but it was more of a pr- proficient, uh, just technically sound work. And this one really has some really nice touches mm-hmm. to where I'm like, "What are you doing next? I want to see whatever wherever well, you go. Well, I want to see it's the Marvels. That's what she's doing next, right? It's the Marvels. <laughs> I want to see what she does when she just makes what she wants or an original." thing will be nice but that's cool to have her in the marvels uh but 
I, I, I thought um, it's not quite as clean around the edges as you'd hope mm-hmm. uh, with things. Uh, I had a weird um, Dr. Sartain from Halloween 2018 flashback uh, mm. with this a bit. Um, yeah, where it's kind of where it goes as far as who's the who's the master of all the pain. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> yeah. feels a bit uh, forced, but maybe better than that one was. Uh, but oh yeah, well uh, no, yeah. I know I'd say that. Uh, but <laughs> I, and it was odd too because I this movie I made it a point to like I would watch the trailer once and then back off. Like I didn't want to I didn't want to overdo it with this one. I didn't want like if they showed it in the theater, <clears throat> cool. But I was really thrown off by the like the I thought the intro with that guy outside offering candy with the oh that's that's neat or mm-hmm. whatever. And then he ends up being like the candy man for this movie, and it felt. A little off at first i was like oh i thought he was gonna be some shadowy figure they weren't showing us and stuff and they didn't show him us in him in the trailers that i can remember um so it was kind of odd and he got scarier as it went like yeah. he didn't feel scary at the beginning but when he kept showing up it started freaking me out a little bit which more. is by design right because i mean he's yeah. presented as a guy that just wants to give candy to kids but yeah. then as it goes along yes it's, you're seeing the kind of the menace that he's bringing yeah, yeah. he's a slow cooking menace uh, there's a lot. They this one decides that mirrors were very important, and they play with them a lot. That the that the series had never done until this point. Yeah, it uses they, them as like a, a MacGuffin in the other one. Like in the yeah. second one specifically, it's like if you destroy the mirror, okay, where that's, our power that's, is. Yeah. <laughs> so so that yeah that that's something that they're like that was important, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that that felt important when it never was before. It was just you said his name in it, and then shit happened. <laughs> but um yeah it's got really i mean it's a today film so it's not afraid to talk about things up front uh with the racial issues so that's very Mm -hmm. noticeable um i do like i when i'm watching this i'm like man this one this series really likes to focus on its artists like that's the thing which robotai was an artist Mm -hmm. himself um uh it's it's got some interesting stuff it's got some uh the feeling i had with like the invisible man in terms of our helpless lead like just can't escape stuff and oh, okay. yeah. bad happens right in front of them and it feels like they're never like you get that sense of dread that like they're never going to get logically out of this like no authority is going to believe nothing's going to do that and then mm-hmm. the finale has a nice piece that's not overdone where they could have overdone some stuff uh, it feels very grounded but it's also like showing you stuff that you feel like the original candy man left more ambiguous and to your mind uh but uh, it, it was a really, it was a really neat film. Um, I still don't think it tops the original, but it was a nice, no. nice follow up, and probably easily. I mean, not that'd be hard, but the second best Candyman, which I, in my mind, think it'd be hard to make the second best Candyman because Farewell of the Flesh, as we said, ain't that bad, um, and doesn't have uh, high expectations uh, like this one would nowadays. But I think this one pretty much decently met the expectations. For sure. And that, you know, when you would, you know, yes, it's a DaCosta, Nicky DaCosta film, but like attaching, you know, putting Jordan Peele's name, like just hearing the announcement that Jordan Peele like has basically control over oh, Candyman. It's like, yeah. it's like yeah. why, why would I not be interested in what this is going to be? Mm-hmm. He's clearly proven himself with his two movies as far as not just, you know, making a successful story or what have you, but make, doing things that are, you know, social thrillers, as he likes to call them, things that are very yeah. much of the moment. And it's like Candyman seems like an exact opportunity to do very much the same thing, which over it does. It does do that. It does mm-hmm. try. It does aim at, you know, gentrification, race relations, 
a, a variety of topics that are very of the moment. Police very, brutality, police obviously. Brutality, police brutality, yeah. obviously, yeah. It's also not afraid to have a laugh, too. That's exactly that's yeah. 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 yeah, which is very much in line with us and Get Out. Like, those are movies that do have their sense of humor as well as are mm-hmm. going after very mm-hmm. specific themes. Uh, but it also is trying to adhere to being part of a franchise, which I think is where it trips it up a little bit, trying to, like, figure mm-hmm. out how to... how how much to stray from the first film versus how much to kind of have that be part of its DNA. And yeah, like you said, it's rough around the edges in that matter. I still think it's very good, but it's like, well, because the, I, the, the, the cameo by Todd in it feels like, okay. Like it, it's feels like it was just like, here you go, fan. Sorry, I didn't want to piss you off. Yeah, we had mm. Abe and I. He's and, here. He's here. Don't worry. Abe and I and Marcus and Terrence, we had a whole 30 minute discussion about the ending alone. <laughs> so it's like, uh, there's, yeah. we had a lot of thoughts gotcha. on like what it was, because it's like, I feel like the ingredients are all there to give you a very specific idea of what it wants, but it's, I think it's a bit clumsy into really trying to like get it. At the same time, you know, if you have a film that ends with Tony Todd looking at the camera and saying, tell everyone, that's pretty fucking badass. Like, that's, that's a cool, no, that's a cool thing. I'm not too much against that. But, yeah. but before we keep going there, Jimmy, where, where are your thoughts on, on this new Candyman? Um, I, you know, it's funny because I, my expectations weren't high. I, I felt like it would be one of those that would be a little disappointing. And I, so I, when I first saw it, I was actually really impressed what I was impressed with it. It felt like what they were calling it, a spiritual sequel to the original film. Again, the original is is much better, is a much better film, in my opinion. Uh, but I do think they got a lot of stuff really right in this. I like I didn't mind the uh I, you know, a lot of people one of the criticisms I kept hearing was it's too woke. Well, yeah, so and so is so the the first one wasn't exactly like you know <laughs> they were playing with this stuff too and right. they, you know yeah. and I I don't I thought it was an interesting my my biggest complaint with the film honestly is I feel like the again with you guys with the ending I felt like I was missing something like it, mm-hmm. it was so quick so fast exactly to get, exactly to right. where it was yep. going and yeah you're just nope. like. Wait, wait, did I miss a like a, a couple of scenes? Ex- I, like... ex- exactly with Coleman Domingo's character specifically, right? Like it just yes. it feels like yeah. there are some steps there that I th- I said this at the time, Abe. Like the movie's making me work too hard to piece this together. Like yeah. there should be a clearer yeah. through line as to how we get to this point. Aaron said a much yeah. more eloquent case. I I think I said it just goes zero to hundred real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's there are a lot of really powerful moments. I, you know, ones in the trailer with Vanessa Williams. No, 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 don't, don't say it. Don't. I mean, she gives I the best performance moment. maybe in the Dude. series as far yeah, as that was like, my favorite it. scene yeah. in the movie. Well, her, her, and uh, never kind of Virginia Madsen, man. Virginia Madsen is very good. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah it's just, just freaking brilliant. But yeah, Vanessa Williams. Is there's so a lot of weight brilliant. that she brings by coming back, and the and the film could have used a lot more of her, or at least done something more significant beyond just the one scene with her. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but still, not... for what it is, it's a great scene. Like, it's a great know. scene and I like the reveal. I, I, I don't know if I I didn't love the humor in it, to be honest. I thought I didn't think it was all that funny. I thought it was a bit they were trying a little too hard to make it funny. And I, I didn't think it was really that interesting. I could have done without some of that. Uh but I because I like the seriousness and I, I could have I also could I think they could have harkened back a little more to the original Philip Glass score because the score was fine. 
it was i really like the score i, I really i i don't remember it i it, it didn't stand right to me remember anyway. it. i think it really, really? It yeah. really works for me maybe i'd have to watch it again i mean it's one i look it's one i want to watch again mm-hmm. because i i i was it, you know especially after watching the masterpiece that is day of the dead um <laughs> you know and and donna derrica's immensely wonderful performance uh i can't even say that with a straight face i'm sorry uh it was such an improvement over the even the second sequel i think it it is it is by far one of the better sequels that i've seen come out it just uh yeah there was something slightly missing for me there was something that wasn't quite there that didn't it kind of held it back from being the the sequel i was hoping for if can, that makes sense. No, I could. I, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. totally valid. It's not because none of us are like this is you know a plus movie. Like it's like mm. the movie does the it does a good job of presenting certain ideas and being very stylish. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I do think there's you know room for it's the kind of thing where like it's successful, which is good. I assume it's not, yes, it's not a huge budget, so like it's gonna you know it's gonna make money overall. But yeah. I I do wonder if if we get another one, given how the movie sets itself up to have more stories to come if it wanted to. I'd be curious if doing a follow-up, either either that one's just really good, or it makes this one look good in retrospect because of what it was able to set up. And like, I feel like they could we have a fuller picture on what they're trying to do with this Mm -hmm. movie because of where it goes from here. If they get the same director and 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 spend a little more time, like you know, really, really creating a tight script and really creating a really interesting story, and maybe even go back a little bit to the first one in some way. I think you could make a really hell of a sequel, like a great sequel. Right. I really do. And I, I feel like there's there's enough meat in there and there's enough. Uh, the social relevance is, is very fitting, very relevant today. I, I think there's a lot you could do. And I, I that that's the biggest compliment I can give it. I want a sequel now. Mm-hmm. After Dave, after Farewell to the Flesh, I was like, eh, I don't Candy know. Man, I need salutations to the flesh. <laughs> exactly and then we got day of the dead which you're like okay nope i'm good I'm done. i'd rather watch coco again um yeah <laughs> but i think i think one of the things that we talked about over this past summer uh on our regular show is that we talked about uh this is not to say that they're the same but we talked about in the heights and what we were saying is you know if you're going to present something from the stage to the screen you should probably try and do some things that you can't do on the stage so that it, it impacts the screen in a different way and we talked about how some of the numbers hit or some of the camera moves. And what I appreciate about this 2021 one is that there's some really cool things that I hadn't seen in the other ones, including what Aaron's background is, which nobody can see, which is all the shadow puppet stuff. And yeah. then the other things are, are that you're able to basically recreate Cabrini green in the seventies or the sixties and have it look exactly the same way. And then yeah. you do some really cool camera things. So there's some cool, like, uh, um, call it like, um, there's some cool uh, editing and also technical uh, effects, but also really cool. Um, what you mentioned earlier, Jimmy, uh, production design for yeah. for this movie. So I like those elements of it. And again, if you're going to introduce or keep the mythology there, it's really cool that you're you're trying things. And uh, so I really like that that part about the movie is just yeah, we're going to continue this on here, but let me go ahead and use everything that I can today in today's technology and make it mm-hmm. an even more immersive story. Cause those ending credits are fucking captivating. Dude, my, yeah, my whole so audience cool. stayed the whole credits and there was no promise. And this isn't the type of movie that people wait till the end credits steam, but yeah. I had a no. packed Thursday night audience that 
stayed the whole credits. It was amazing. What yeah, I love well, about that is that it's shadow puppets. Like it's something that's, you know, it doesn't cost much. Like it just takes mm-hmm. some, it just takes ingenuity and yet it's utterly compelling more so than so many things that I see as far as like, I I'm, I'm glued to the screen because I want to see what this, what this is trying to tell me right now. And mm-hmm. it's in such a unique way, both in the credits and in the actual story when Coleman Domingo's like saying these things and it's juxtaposed with this stuff and you're getting these great sound effects or what have you to really right. emphasize mm-hmm. it. We've it's got really stuff clever. for spinoffs, sequels, like there is right. a, op- they opened it up. Right yeah, there. yeah, they did. I they think did. like the other thing that I wanted to mention just very briefly is is some that you mentioned, Brandon. I mean, we're talking about this like throughout the rest of the movies too, but they brought real actors in this movie. Yeah, and that Wait really elevates... don't 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 knock Donna Derrico, man. Sorry, sorry, don't. Donna. Yeah, I'll, I'll text her later. I'll say like, "What's up, man?" Uh, no, but <laughs> because they brought like Yaya Tiana, um, it really elevates like the script and it elevates what you're mm-hmm. watching on the screen because. Mm-hmm. I was telling Aaron in, in our regular review, like one of my favorite scenes is just like him staring at, at the mirror, just like mm-hmm. with the faucet off. It's like, you know, a, a different actor might take that a different way, but it's like, dude, this guy's like troubled and he's just like in the middle of the night, just like worried about himself because he's got this bug bite that won't, that he should have mm-hmm. seen a doctor about right away. That's but, an interesting uh, piece too. That's new to this movie. Or the, the body series, horror stuff? Is the body horror stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of interesting. And it serves its purpose as far as like, you know, the other ones already have a Candyman. This is like, we're creating a Candyman within mm-hmm. this narrative, which mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. you get more or less pieced together, like that might be where it's going, but it's like, it's still, yeah. it's still interesting to like see yeah. how that's playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? The other, um, you're, yeah, Abe, you're, yeah, you're exactly, and I brought this up earlier, but this is the first of the films that has black lead characters as opposed to, you know, a white female character as the center of everything. Yeah. And a male, and a male at that. And a male at that. I mean, yeah. And, and yeah, because eventually Tiana Paris kind of like takes over, but regardless, it, it, yeah, it's, it's two black, it's like two, two black leads. Uh, yeah. for this film but yeah. it just, it does bring a distinct flavor to things just because it really does. Yeah. Obviously, and- as far as what's going on story wise and thematically, and also just a way to like, how are you being brought into this world? Well, this is basically by no choice where, you know, the others are, you know, the first one, at least it's like Helen's, she's, she's researching this. She is right. going in and like head first to be like, I'm trying to find out this thing that I've heard of before. Or like Anthony, mm-hmm. he's like, my girlfriend's brother told me this thing. And I guess I, <laughs> I, I just guess I better go check it, it out. Yeah. <laughs> He finds Jarrell there, just like talking to him. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that that's another fascinating thing that I wanted to, to just point out about this movie too is that we kind of stray. It's still the same mythology of Candyman, but it strays into the other thing that Candyman talks about in every other movie, which is like you're carrying a baby, and you know now my now my prophecy will be complete. It's like, well, I don't know this prophecy instead of like following what Aaron was mentioning, like a different person, probably a white woman. Uh, this is now following a black male lead. Uh, which is which has ties to the first one, which is really mm-hmm. interesting uh, pathway to go into because I don't know why he was trying to get that baby in the first one either. Um, I think it's sort of explained as well, you know, it was just there so that Helen could could go into the fire and then they could die together as like a family kind of thing. It's like, well, well, you know, I guess, but this one kind of just explores the the idea of like, uh, no, I'm going to be reincarnated sort of as you and almost on the screen visually you're seeing that happen it makes the series feel meaner as far as the inevitability of candy man (laughs) you can't escape them oh that's that's kind of scary can't can't run for your pastor yeah yeah but donna dierico said he's not real it was that white cop (laughs) 
Jimmy, you mentioned the idea yeah. of like, people saying this movie's too woke. And like, I tried, I've been, mm-hmm. tr- because I've been, I've been trying to analyze like what that means. And I've read a lot of reviews, people that didn't like it or whatnot. Yeah. And I just, I don't agree with a lot of them. I mean, I respect some of the words that are being written, but as far as like the concept of being too woke, I like, I'm the best I can say is because the movie's not scary enough, maybe like, because it's so focused mm-hmm. on message that, you know, there's a lack of scarier material. And I do think there's a good amount of tension yeah. and atmosphere in here. Like, I do think there's a lot of good stuff going on when, characters are like especially because of the way it makes use of the architecture of chicago so you have characters like walking through certain buildings that just look different because it's chicago and the buildings look cool there and they found some interesting spots in chicago that normally aren't put in film ever mm-hmm. too so that was cool so it's like it does a good job of establishing a certain mood and atmosphere and like using the mirrors like you said brandon uses that really effectively but i do think when it's when it wants to punch you with jumps or just scariness I do think it comes up like a little lacking in that area. Like, I do think there's a room for this to be a scarier film. It, it could be. And I, I think, you know, the, the complaints about that and the complaints about not being scary enough, it is, it, it's interesting enough that it's like, you know, I always look when it comes to bad woke films, I, I look back at the Black Christmas remake, the recent one, mm-hmm. because it tries so hard. And that really wasn't my problem with that film. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but it was just, it didn't know what kind of film it was. Yeah. This film knows what film, it knows exactly the film that they're telling. The, so the stuff with the the police officers, the, the stuff, it makes sense in mm-hmm. the context of this world. It makes sense that we're talking about, you know, even in the first film, they're talking about, they're not, these are, these, they're not bad people. We're not all bad people the way these, you know, just because we're poor and living in this, this, this area. So I, I think I, yeah, I have no issue with that. And I, if anything, I think it was, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they went this route and I'm glad they told a modern story that felt like a continuation of the first film in a very smart and, and relevant way. I think that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Given how this, how like the creators have talked about this movie, it does feel like a movie that they, at the end of the day, it's the movie that they wanted to make. I yeah. I do. I won't be surprised if there is a number of like deleted scenes or like other things that have been, yeah, be, I mean, the movie's yeah. 90 minutes. Like, yeah, it's very, that feels like it's, that feels like it's cut down from something a little bit longer, mm-hmm. which is, you know, whatever the reason, fine. But I, I can I agree that like yes, the movie feels like a movie that's made by the filmmakers that they want. Totally. And, and yeah. you know, just to cap that off is just more of it's a thoughtful movie, and I'm glad that it's a thoughtful movie that has taken the sequel, uh, the previous movies into into account. Because there's a movie that we're gonna talk about later, which is the 2018 Halloween, which is also a thoughtful movie where it's like, hey, let me respect like the, the history of this. You know, I think we've all heard or read or listened to some interview with Rob Zombie and be like, yeah, I want to make the movie that I want to make. It's like, yeah, I get it. But also, like, you're making a movie that's like, it really feels as though it's like nobody was asking for, like, Michael Myers is like, how did he get this jumpsuit? It's like, mm, you know, like, I'm actually kind of more curious about, like, the Laurie Strode aspect of things, too. Which is right? what, too, is to Rob Zombie's credit. That's what the sequel is. The sequel's like, now that I've gotten that out of the way, let me do, yeah. the, let me do something crazy with lore and with Laurie. Yeah. And with Michael and really like go to yeah. town on like my vision. For totally. Like- yeah. But I, th- I remember like that 2018 Halloween uh, uh, review that we did. And I, I remember like saying that it just feels like a movie too, like a regular movie. Like a yeah. movie that I can watch over and over and over again. And that's how I feel about this other Candyman, this 2021 one where it's like, yeah, it's a thoughtful movie. You guys made what you guys wanted to make. And because of that, it really feels, you can feel it off of the screen versus like, you know, some other uh, sequels that sort of take the name of, 
a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Halloween uh, Resurrection mm-hmm. in whatever the case. And just like, let's just run with it because it's IP that people will know about um, and yeah. make this like this a movie that we think is going to be a good sequel. It's like, well, this movie sucks because why would Buster Rhymes be in this movie? <laughs> Yeah, it does, and that's the thing. When you the this the Halloween sequel, I would even say, you know, I, I go back to the town that dreaded sundown. It, hmm. When you make a s- sequel that you actually you have a, you have a clear vision, you have a good idea, it can work, and it can be a, a far better film than the and that. The, and look, audiences respond. Halloween was a hit. This was a hit. You know, there there people respond to smarter storytelling smarter storytelling smarter (laughs) storytelling uh better characters better performances it's a well-made movie it's certainly not perfect but it's it's a well-made movie and i i think that i i as a horror lover and we're all horror fans well except sometimes you're not as much abe but (laughs) we still want to see the, the these properties treated respectfully right. you know and that there's, a lot of times that doesn't happen well there's a difference too i'm not to say that like certain movies like you said abe like there's ones like oh i could watch this over and over again mm-hmm. it's it's when a person has a vision and they are able to tell it like this as opposed to let's you pointed out rob zombies Halloween, not that he's a bad filmmaker, doesn't have vision or something, totally, but yeah. when he's got his point, he wants to drill it home and beat you over the head with it, and there's no variation in his point. There's no... Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to make sure at all times, whereas Candyman, the point's there throughout, but there's different versions of a point. Um, they they respect that you're going to get it, and, yeah. and, and people are going to get it in varying degrees, and it doesn't have to be so extreme that the person who's kind of confused in the back still gets it mm-hmm. and that's where this one's easier to oh, watch candy man 2021 tonight whereas like a rob zombie 2007 halloween i'm not gonna be opposed to but it might have to be the right night for me to pop it in yeah for sure for sure absolutely with all that in mind any other thoughts on this candy man hey this candy man can can they put it on the soundtrack so yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to more from this one. Um, yeah. Wh- whichever direction they have now to go, they can continue this storyline. They can go to another one of those other stories and showcase mm-hmm. something happening with them. Uh, you can bring Tony Todd back and just keep using him. But that's oh, a fanboy so me. That's yeah. a fanboy me talking. But I, I, I think they did a really nice film here. I don't think it's a, an all timer, but in terms of the Candyman series, it is an all timer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So well. Um, yeah. Sure, Citizen Kane compared to some of the, the last one. <laughs> and with... I mean, with Candyman, there's a lot of places you can stretch. I mean, it's not, it's limited in it in what it has. So you can go crazy. And I don't think it's going to anger people if you open up mythology, change a little bit or take have liberties with it. With all of that in mind, this is something we should do for the rest of the, the these, all four of these episodes. But I want to, I want to hear our rankings for this series. Now, granted this one and at least one other episode i think i'm gonna have we're all gonna have pretty similar rankings in all these movies so i don't think it's gonna be much of a stretch to say you know uh day of the dead feral of the flesh 2021 i still don't agree with yeah. jimmy that the nascar final destination is the best but we'll talk about well, no it we'll then. talk about that yeah we'll talk i i wait a second i never said that <laughs> yet <laughs> yeah i do think 
I do think two of these franchises will have more obvious um, rankings than two of the other ones that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But if, am I correct in saying that in that order for Candyman? Is that so? What? I yeah, think I, I, would, yeah, I would make well. a bet that, yeah, we're all the same. We're yeah, I think so. Okay. So, yeah. for, but I, I do want to throw that out there now just so that's established. So, in the coming sure. episodes, we will rank these series individually. Um, because Day I mean, of the Dead, number one. Yeah. Don and <laughs> Derrico. <laughs> So for the time being, yes, Candyman 1992 stands strong as the as the best of this franchise. Um, and with that, I mean, I, I, we've done it, guys. We've talked about all the Candyman movies, and that's oh. going to wrap it up for this first uh, bonus episode for our 2021 horror specials. And uh, yeah, so let's let's go through it. Let's go through where we can find all of your guys' work. Uh, Jimmy, oh, we're going to be able to find more of you online. Uh, you can find me on JoeBlow.com. You can find me on WeLive.com. Uh, oftentimes, you can... Uh, Find me on Cosm TV or Cosm Streaming with such shows as Sound Scary and Something Stony. And of course, yeah, uh, Jimmy to the O on Twitter and all of that stuff. All the all the 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 social media, which I hardly do lately. So. <laughs> Brandon Peters, where can people find more of you? Uh you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Uh, my podcast anywhere podcasts are found and uh, the Brandon Peters show.com every voice on this show has appeared in some way shape or form on there even Abe he doesn't know it but he was on there once uh, as a flashback to an out now episode but uh, (laughs) but yeah so uh, I've got plenty going on there Uh, check it out Uh, it's a lot of fun I'm just starting my second year uh, of episodes of the show and you're a champion Global champion, global box office champion. (laughs) Yes. So go back and listen to that episode all you can. Uh, You can hear that Summer Gamble episode and more on the podcast that Dave and I host, which is this podcast out now, which is available everywhere you can find podcasts. Everywhere. You you can find me specifically at League of Entertainment, writing movie reviews at Wise of Blue for Blue Air reviews on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more friends on my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash Walrus News. Hashtag who just like as a sexual thing? Who just keeps a honeycomb in their house? That's long hot. hashtag. The answer is Donna <laughs> Dierico. <laughs> like it was her partner. Her is her like her curator partner's like girlfriend. I was like, that's a weird thing to have in your house. Just like fresh honeycomb. All right. So we've talked all about Candyman, guys. Next week we'll talk about the Omen. So be prepared for that. There we have. There's one, two, three, four to remake. So if you plan to watch, oh man, it's the Omen. There you oh, go. You know what, guys? We seriously should do one thing to end the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you all have a mirror available or something I'm, we could look at? I'll watch you guys do it. I can look at it. I think we need to say reflection. it five times. Yeah, let's do it. Are we ready? Candyman. 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 Oh, Jimmy! Jimmy! Know, we're making like Candyman versus host. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll try to have Tony Todd on next time. Yes. Let's see what we can do. This is our first of two Tony Todd franchises, by the way. So until next time, so long and goodbye.